This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. But I do love you, baby. Welcome to Deep South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio. Good morning, Carol. How are you? Good morning, Mal. And grits are groceries. Hey, speaking of grits, uh, I went down to Pass Christian Saturday night to the Institute for Mississippi Institute for Arts and Letters Awards program, and we stopped in Hattiesburg, we being Tom Massey and I, we stopped in Hattiesburg and ate uh, at uh, Robert St. John's restaurant, The Midtowner. Oh, yeah. What a great little development that is. Yes, very much so. Well, I got the fried chicken because they serve a whole half of fried chicken, and I wasn't going to pass that up. But Tom got a dish I'd never eaten, and it was thin fried catfish with grits. Oh, my goodness. So we're talking like uh, Middendorf style thin? No, actually, it's a whole filet that is cut very thin, not uh, cut into thin pieces. Ah. And then I don't know how he does it. And then it served over a bed of grits with a sauce, which included, I think, andouille sausage, onions, bell peppers, kind of like a griots, uh, grits and griots type thing. But imagine catfish instead of beef. And I would say to that, why not? Why not? Indeed. We did. We shared it, and it was terrific. And speaking of grits, um, I got a chance to eat at Whiteman's um, this past Thursday in Meridian, and I had catfish and grits. <laughs> well, well, there you go. Well, aren't you something? It's a <laughs> Just new like trend. That. You heard it here first on Deep South Dining. That's right. Rush right out. Get your catfish. Get your grits. We actually may be behind the curve. We here. could be. There, we usually Apparently, are. there's more we people out there are. who are, are serving this, and we don't know about but it. Java, about Wadman's, you know, Wadman's is one of the oldest. It's probably the oldest well, still on their, operating yeah, on their sign, it said the oldest. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it was founded in 1870, and it took you 150 years <laughs> to get there. But you got there. Yeah, and how was it? Oh, it was great. It was a great atmosphere. Um, um, we were down there with Felder Rushing. He had a event at the Max on Friday morning, so we ate at Wyman's, you know, supporting local, and uh, it was great. Everybody, I had, I tasted uh, fried green tomatoes that mm. I couldn't even tell to make tell were tomatoes. Uh, we had some great crab cakes. I mean, we had a and their black bottom pie. I was uh-huh. co- oh, I was coerced coerced now, into eating some dessert, Java, and it was some black bottom pie. I told you to have the lemon and almond pie. Oh well, see next we have to make a trip then. And I also <laughs> told you to go to Jeans. Did you do that? Now Friday we went to Jeans, and the sign of a true uh, great restaurant is if it's packed at lunch, uh-huh. and we had to wait. <laughs> so go. it was it was worth it. Great. Well, Java, you had two field trips. This week, because we also took our first collective Deep South Dining uh, field trip. We did not have to have permission slips from our mothers (laughs) or spouses. We just met out in Flora. So you've been covering some territory. Yeah, it's been great. So when we were in Flora, we visited, of course, the Flora Butcher, uh, Chef Dave Rain's place. And uh, we got a tour of his operation, which was fascinating. Yeah, it, it uh, they are cutting a lot of meat back there yeah. and storing a lot. I mean, were you surprised at how many walk-in freezers? 
Well, I wasn't there surprised, were. but I, it, it's a bigger operation than I thought. Uh, you know, there's a, it's, there's a larger footprint there than just the little retail store up front. But it's very impressive. And, uh, you know, we talked about this at lunch, and, and we ate at uh, Dave's Triple B at lunch, which is another little storefront. And boy, did we eat. <laughs> <laughs> now, Java can weigh in on this. The three of us, we polished off some groceries. Now, that is what we did because, I mean, I, the, what was it? Uh, Wednesday was there, and then Thursday was in Meridian. Like, I had been eating like I had never eaten before. The meatloaf was great. The brisket was, was great. It the ribs like were great. It looks like you were digging into those <laughs> well, ribs. You didn't mention the mac and cheese. And then, and okay, now to keep the catfish thing going, <laughs> just last night, my dad, he fried some catfish, and of course, you can't just fry a little bit of catfish. No. So, we got some for um, uh, our house, and we paired it with Dave's Triple B's Mac and Cheese. Oh, boy. Hey. That we got from the butcher shop. So uh-huh. it's it, it's been a lot going on the past couple of days. Now, Carol, yeah. when you left Dave's, you didn't just have a few items. I had some some Wagyu tamales, and I, I bought some uh, pickles, and Java had some mac and cheese. But we had to back a truck up to get you out of there. Now, what all did you, you cart out of that are, place? You are so right. Uh, well, I was doing shopping for a family party weekend over in Edwards in honor of John's grandsons, David and Alex Amaro, coming from New York and Miami. And these men love to grill. So I was sent to get steaks. I got, you know, meatballs from my freezer. They have the best Wagyu beef. Am I saying that wrong? I don't know. Dave's not here. He's not here. We don't care. We can say whatever we want to. Now, if (laughs) if listeners want to correct us. They can call at one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, and we'd be happy to be to take uh, criticism. I got Go Wagyu hot dogs, which are a big hit at our house. Tamales, burgers, and mm. but the real star of the show are the larded pork chops. Now at Dave's, right now you you're in an organization called a pork chop club. Yes, I am. And it you've has, eaten pork chops. I have all over. And and this organization has no bylaws, no Christmas parties. I mean, it is all about. But it does the have a president. It does have a president. Uh, James Y. Palmer is the president, and uh, there are only four members, and there there are no openings. And we right. we are all about the pork, but this pork is going to change the trajectory of mm. the pork chop club. No longer do we import. Pork, the larded pork chops from Flora, Mississippi. From Flora Butcher, I have heard about them. I've seen people write about them, but you know, I had never done it before because you know, I'm a big girl and I'm always trying to get fat out of recipes, ah. not putting it into hmm. into food. But they were absolutely delicious, and I've got to go by there tomorrow to get some pork chops to send back. To Miami in New York. What with about the guys. Nashville? I think you need to drop some in Nashville on Thomas <laughs> Williams' will, head. I will, you know, certainly be uh, be up to doing that. But my highlight was, I mean, I had the most amazing. It, it was really a mountaintop food experience at the home of Grace. And Shin Lee, mm-hmm. our friends who are we Chinese. we were talking about them at lunch the other day. Yes, we were. We because they buy larded. They buy their <laughs> customers there. They're big customers of the floor but butcher. 
several friends and I bought a dinner they were offering at the Mississippi Symphony Auction mm-hmm. last year, and it was like a six-course meal at their beautiful home. But uh, Grace is an amazing cook, as is her son, Edmund. And uh-huh. we started the ev- evening with caviar and champagne and a concert Ooh. by Marta Slubowska. Oh, Marta the, from the symphony. From the first chair of the symphony. It was pouring rain and watching her play and hearing the music with the window. It, it was amazing. But let, let me tell you about this my favorite dish. It was a lobster. Just envision a giant round Chinese platter. Mm-hmm. Got it. Big lobster. Big. I'm talking about 20 inch lobster. Okay. Cut in half, and in the middle, a pile of stir fried lobster meat mm-hmm. with spices. And you know, it was kind of like a ground. Lobster meat, and you put it in lettuce wraps. Oh, my goodness. And it was absolutely, you know, visually exciting. And, you know, we, we just kind of gasped. Did you use lettuce from salad days? We actually, we did use lettuce from, from salad days. Excellent. And then my other favorite was a Sichuan tofu and chicken dish. It was spicy, spicy. But rock and, and roll. The miso sea bass, and then I'll stop talking about it. There was too much to talk about, but we are so lucky to have Grace and Shinley and Jackson. They moved here many years ago, um, you know, to build a a cable, a coaxial cable company. And mm. boy, was that a win for Jackson. Great. So, uh, a dish that I cooked uh, over the time between our last show and today was I, I tried something. I don't even even know where I came up with this. I, I planted a cayenne pepper plant this year. I don't even like cayenne that much, but I planted a plant and it grew some gigantic cayenne peppers. So I decided I would do something with one of them. So I took it inside and I split it open and I de-seeded it. And quite frankly, I had cayenne burn all over my body uh, for, for the rest of the day, even though I washed my hands twice. These yes, seeds followed gloves. me wherever I went. Use gloves. And, and I didn't have any gloves. But either way, I got through that, and I stuffed this cayenne pepper carcass, sands the seeds, into a sweet potato, which I cut a wedge in and jammed it down in there and roasted the sweet potato. Whoa, 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 whoa. I know. You jammed the pepper into the sweet potato or the sweet potato into the pepper? (laughs) The pepper into the sweet potato and baked it. And then when it was done, I took it out and threw the pepper away because I, having experienced the seeds, I didn't want the pepper. But it was, it was a wonderful flavor of the sweet, the hot, and, and of course I added salt. So it was a delicious way to do a sweet potato. I'm not promoting that this is the next big thing, but I'm just telling so this you was a that that pepper is in, what I yeah, did. Pepper-infused sweet potato. That's right. You heard it here, catfish and grits, pepper-infused sweet potato. Now, when we were in past Christiane, where you, you have a long history and your family once had a home there and you went to school down there, I stopped by an old favorite of yours and yours and mine, Pirate's Cove. Oh, my goodness. Remember when it used to be out on the beach? It's now on Minge Avenue by the it, railroad. It was our favorite restaurant for years. 
I mean, your Pirates dad. Cove, back at the time when I was married, was where I hosted my bridesmaids' luncheon. Well, there you go. My sister and I had an oyster po' boy. Well, I remember your dad, when we would go stay at your house in the past, he'd go get the shrimp, but he'd also, we'd go pick up about 10 oyster po' boys and cut them up in little sections and put them on a giant platter, and everybody would just sort of eat them like the finger best. food. The best. The best. None better. Mighty fine. Mighty fine. Now, my tomatoes are continuing to grow well. Um and I'm real pleased with that crop. Last night, I grilled burgers and those giant purple asparagus on the grill. Have you ever done oh, that? Oh, man. No, no. But it's the asparagus season. And I wanted to ask you, have you ever heard of bossa nova squash? No, but Maybe I like the way it sounds. Bossa nova zucchini. Uh Marcy at the Doris Berry Farmer's Market, I had placed an order for somebody to pick up of tomatoes, and she put some bossa nova zucchini in there. And not only did I love the name, but love the zucchini. It was, you know, it was a pale green with dark green stripes. It was like a a watermelon. Uh It made you want to dance the bossa nova. Goodness, that's great. And it is uh, farmer market season, and I know you've been out scouting and looking, and Doris Berry's rocking and rolling. The Mississippi uh, Farmer's Market in Jackson at the fairgrounds is going. I'm sure communities all across. Yeah, and a fresh way here, but we read about communities all over Mississippi, and I, I would love to hear more about people's farmer's market. I know last year we talked to the Oxford Farmer's Market, but... um they're everywhere. They are. We're going to take a break, but before we go, I want to uh, plug an event. Uh, the North Mississippi Hill Country Picnic is coming up on June the 25th and the 26th in Waterford, Mississippi. Now, Waterford, Carol, as you know, is a small, unincorporated community between Water Valley and Oxford. It's where the Waldoxy State Park is. It, oh, what it, a beautiful place. Fabulous resource. Uh, Waterford used to be a town with a dozen stores. I think it has one now. But this is where the North Mississippi Hill Country Picnic place, takes place, June 25 and 26. <clears throat> and yes, it is mostly about music and music of the Hill Country and that tradition. But they also serve uh, one of one of everybody's favorites, Betty Davis's Barbecue at the North Mississippi Hill Country Picnic. So it's a picnic, y'all. So join them. If you're interested in good Hill Country music and good barbecue, right there June 25, 26. All right, I think we're going to take us a break. When we come back, we're going to invite Lee Bailey from Salad Days into the studio, and she'll talk about her family-owned uh, farm and operation in Flora, Mississippi, where she is a part of a thriving local music scene. And she'll talk about what happened during the pandemic as they pivoted and kept the farm open and going. We'll be right back. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, an associate professor of preventive medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. You're listening to Deep South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio. Good morning. It's Monday morning. I'm Malcolm White. This is Carol Puckett right over here with me. And this is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. 
Indeed it is. And we have a special guest who has now joined us in the studio. But before I let Carol introduce Lee, I will correct her husband's name. It's Jamie Redman, who is her partner uh, and her husband. And they met, uh, as I understand it, hunting once upon a time, and now they're in the lettuce business. <laughs> well, my introduction to Lee is going to be short and uh, and sweet, but Lee Bailey is somebody I've known, someone I've known for many, many years, Malcolm, too. And, you know, before a few years ago, I thought of Lee as a real estate person and a sportswoman. She's a great hunter. Outdoors uh, as, person. Outdoors person. Uh, as evidenced by meeting her husband in Georgia hunting. But now Lee is known all over the state for her business, um, Salad Days. And Lee, we've really wanted to have you on the show for a long time, and we appreciate your support of cooking and coping. And not only are you growing salad, but you are just making some beautiful dishes at home. Well, I'm delighted to be here. I've wanted to do this, and um, we just try to provide as much local stuff as we can. We we grow what we can, and then we bring in from other farmers that are in the in the area and support them and try to give our our folks in the area good local fresh food. And you, and you do. And a few weeks ago, Java called and asked you to be on the show. Mm-hmm. And you texted me and said it's really important that you guys come out and see what we're doing. But it is different. And so we had our first Deep South Dining field trip. But why did you feel it was important for us to see? Well, I think, um, you know, farming in general is generally outdoors, and people have a vision of that. Um, but then when you move indoors into a greenhouse, it I think the perception of most people is that you're going to walk into a Algae-covered, dripping water, humid, you know, rainforest. It was a little humid. Well, it was, y'all, y'all waited a little late. You should have come a week or two ago, but um, <laughs> it is getting warm. But, um, but we, we're so different than that, and it's, um, I think that's the biggest surprise is when people walk in and say, you could eat off the floor in here. It's, everything's white and clean, and we, we put, place a great deal of importance on being sanitary and clean and for food safety. And it's just not what people are expecting when they walk in. Uh, how large is is the area that you have under, under roof? It is about 18,000 square feet. Um, but to put that, to relay that into lettuce terms, that's about 27,000 heads of lettuce. 27,000. Yes. Hope you're hungry. Yes. And you, we, you saw, have some yes, of it. we saw them all, right, Java? Oh yeah, no, we saw them uh, coming. What is it? Out of the refrigerator, <laughs> there were so many. They're, they were overflowing right now. We're ready for everybody to come back from the beach and start eating in the restaurants in Jackson again. Yes, <laughs> so, a restaurant your main uh, customer? We we um, mainly are restaurant um, based, but we our retail has grown during the past year, especially in the pandemic. Um, the the grocery stores, the fruit stands, farmers markets. That kind of thing are also a big part of it now. We were we were about I would say maybe only about fifteen twenty percent uh, in retail prior to the pandemic, but it's grown some from there. Well, I know that the pandemic uh, caused a lot of people to to pivot, but you did a 
quick twirling pivot. (laughs) When all the restaurants closed down, you pivoted so fast it made my head spin. Well, tell tell us what you did. We had a a couple of weeks of standing in place, wringing our hands, saying uh, the 27,000 heads of lettuce have to find a home because you can't just leave them in there. They, they, they pass their point of no return. And so, you know, we did donate quite a bit of lettuce to food banks in the area during that first, well, really throughout the pandemic. But, but at the beginning, when the restaurants, we went from totally sold out to zero orders overnight. And we just, we were all looking at each other thinking, well, this is certainly going to end next week or, you know, the week after. And, um, not so. So we quickly started scrambling, and we, uh, in association with our next-door neighbor farm, Two Dog Farms, um, they were doing the same thing because they sell a lot of restaurant um, business down in New Orleans and, and the Jackson area. And, and they're mostly vegetables, is that correct? They're vegetables, yes. And they do have they have a lot of chickens. They do eggs, too. But um Anyway, we just all had to scramble and figure out what are we going to do? Are we going to shut this thing down? Or are we going to try to make this work? And and we found that people were really, after the initial, you know, the, the reality set in that we were going to be in this lockdown for a while, we started an online market and we started bringing in product from other farmers um, down as far as the New Orleans area that we, some folks that we sell to and they, they were, sell, they had a lot of product they couldn't sell as well. So we just um, said, well, let's make this contact-free shopping, and we made a uh, – I didn't even know my website would do that. And <laughs> I, had to, I had to learn it really fast. But um, anyway, it worked well. People order online, and then we we place the orders on to our suppliers of, you know, anything other than lettuce. And we were, bring, were bringing in things from restaurants that were trying to stay open in our area. Um, they were making homemade salad dressings for us and – there's a bread. I, bread. I remember Fresh getting breads. some wonderful bread. Who was the bread from? That's from Bless This Food in Flora. And they're very talented bakers, and they do a lot of takeaway casseroles and that kind of thing, too. So we we brought in, you know, and every week we would try to make it different. And we had, there was one day, one Saturday, we had 250 cars through the farm. I was in line. That, was that <laughs> the sorry. day that there were policemen out there uh, directing yes, traffic? Yes, it, it got a little out of control, but um, people seemed to be pretty patient. They were glad to get out of the house. They had their dogs in the car, and it was nice weather, and they just rolled their windows down and inched up through the line, and when, they, when they'd reached the, the front of the line, they would put their things in their car, and they would happily drive away after having waited almost an hour sometimes, but... Um, but it was something to do and getting some fresh food. And it too. was happening. All the people that you had working, I know you had a big truck on the ground. What do you just call that? It's just refrigerated a, an truck. old refrigerated uh, trailer. Right. And a shipping all, container that shipping we, container we have converted and, uh, to a cooler. And you had you know, happy people smiling and making us all feel better. Well, and I remember you. all we had to do was push the button on the car to open the trunk. And, <laughs> and it magically appeared in your in the back and of I remember car. rolling down the window, and I had had uh, our beautiful dog, Shiloh, with us. And you said, oh, he's such a beautiful dog. I wish I had time to talk. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> we got to know people's dogs' names through uh, every week. We We would learn a new one. Um, but it was it was really fun. We even had to have uh, some friends of ours that 
they were not working. He's a, a commercial contractor, and they came out, and we put him on the radio, and we had walkie-talkies, and he was taking people's name down the down the way and calling them up to us, and um, they they worked every weekend with us because they didn't have anything else to do, so right. it was fun. So how did you uh, come onto this concept of hydroponic? I mean, why hydroponic? You know, it could have been anything. It well, could have been strawberries outside, but it turns out it's lettuce inside and it's hydroponic. Well, that's probably the most asked question that I get. Um, and you mentioned uh, my love of the outdoors and hunting and just outdoor everything. And Jamie as well, my husband. And um, when we married 10 years ago and he moved from Columbus, Georgia to um, Clinton, Mississippi, where we live, and he said I, he was also a commercial real estate broker, and that's what I had been doing for my career as well. And uh, he said, I just can't imagine starting over in real estate in a new city, a new state, and not knowing anyone because it's all about contacts and who you know. And he um, he said, I'm going to have to think of something new. And I said, well, you know, I've been doing this office job stuff for a long time too, and let's, let's do something outdoors. And so we started looking at um, – we looked at moving out west. We looked at growing uh, a type of alfalfa here that mm-hmm. is a supposed to be heat tolerant, which turns out I don't think it is. But um, anyway, we looked at a lot of different options and came across an article about another grower in North Mississippi that was doing tomatoes. And we called him up and said, "We're we're you know want to look at this. Would you be willing to let us come up and see you?" And he did. And um, we started going to classes. I went to the University of Arizona and took a course out there in controlled environment ag. And um, we took another class through a greenhouse manufacturer that we bought our equipment from and called Crop King. So anyway, it uh, that's how we, we found it and just thought it was a really sustainable way to do it. All right, great. We're going to take a short break, come right back, continue talking to Lee about her Operation Salad Days in Flora, Mississippi. We want to talk a little bit about why Flora and what's going on in Flora. We all hear about the uh, renaissance that's going on out there. We call it Flourishing Flora. (laughs) Flourishing Flora. (laughs) Or Flora Fauna. Flora (laughs) Fauna, yeah. (laughs) Like that. Regardless of what we call Flora, we will be right back to continue talking to Lee Bailey about Salad Days and her adventures and the thriving hipster scene that is uh, starting to grow out of the ground in Flora. Stay tuned. We'll all be right back. Hey, this is Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. Each week, myself or one of my fellow hosts bring you in-depth interviews with different creative Mississippians. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio, or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcasting app. Good morning, everybody. It's Monday, and this is Deep South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio. Malcolm White with Carol Puckett and our very special guest today in the studio. We are not remote. We are not Skyping. We are not Zooming. We are live and in person. In the studio is Lee Bailey from Salad Days in Flora. Welcome back, Lee. Thank you. So I think the question for a lot of people uh, is why Flora? Uh, and and tell us all about what's going on. One of the many things that we saw when we visited Flora the other day, besides Dave's Triple B and um, 
There was a beautiful architect's office that had, had been put in place. There's a pizza place there called Railroad Pizza, I believe. That's correct. And there's a hamburger place there. It's kind of legendary. The Blue Rooster. And, and I discovered burgers. my old friend, uh, Sandy McNeil, has created a studio right there on the main drag. She an has artist a studio. lovely studio. She and you forgot about the tonsorium. The tonsorium. I did forget about it, but you're here it's, to remind me. Well, it, it's um, a barbershop. It is. It and is. It, it's, from what I hear, quite the place to be. I, I need to try them out. I have another hairdresser in Flora, but uh, but that's a that's very popular. Both of them are, so... I just remember not long ago driving through Flora, and there was literally nothing there in that beautiful <laughs> main street. They're so lucky that nobody tore down those right. buildings because it is... It's stru- truly Mayberry. It yeah. is Mayberry. And there's probably, what, three dozen buildings that make up kind of the town center That's now. That's probably about right. The railroad still runs through there. Mm-hmm. Uh, my only association with Flora over the years was back when I was really interested and busy in the blues business. I used to go get a couple of blues guys that lived in that area and, and take them to festivals, and, and they would also perform uh, at Bentonia at the Blue Front mm-hmm. Cafe, of mm-hmm. course. Uh, Jack Jimmy Owens. Duck. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, well, that's right. Jimmy Duck Holmes. But uh, Jack Owens uh, lived uh, in Bentonia, but his harp player uh bud spires lived in flora so and bud was blind so if you wanted to present jack and bud you had to go get uh bud in flora and i saw i used to drive through there all the time to pick bud up there was nothing there it was kind of a deserted uh, just a tiny little little sleepy town that there wasn't much except some agriculture and cows and um, it's it's a lot of really cyclists. I used to be a, a cyclist, and that was my you know my impression of Flora is seeing bicyclists come around. And there was Howell's Restaurant, uh, where Railroad Pizza is now, yeah. which was hmm. a long time little cafe, cafe diner. And we we would hunt in the area, and then we'd always have breakfast at Howell's, and that was kind of yeah. one of the only things going on there. But I keep thinking of Flora in terms of the creative economy, and the creative economy is something that you know Malcolm worked really hard on when he was um, executive director of the Mississippi Arts Commission, and (laughs) had a real job, and he would go all over preaching the gospel of the creative economy, whether it was to, you know, government officials. Anybody that would anybody, listen. Anybody that would listen, and, and Flora resonates because you get one thing. Well, you, you're, the, you're the man. Well, no, it's just one or two creative businesses attract others. And, um, you know, I remember Sandy McNeil telling me why she was moving out of downtown she used to have her studio at Hallam House and why she was going to relocate in Flora and it's it's a lot of things quality of life quiet you know uh Mayberry it's a sleepy pace and it's yeah. you know you can run down we have a C Spire store right there you can run in and get your phone fixed and I mean everything just about everything you could need is there there's a vet office there's a medical office there's an eye doctor um, and they're not, maybe not there every day. Like the eye doctor, I think, is one day a week. But okay. That's okay. As long as you plan ahead, you're in good shape. And you're not far from Livingston, which is another sort of uh, new urban Correct. development, if you would. But in the food business, you know, restaurants begat restaurants, you know, begat bakers and you know, other food 
sources. And, I mean, you've got a whole it's cluster kind now. It's mushroomed. And uh, Bill's Creole and Steak Depot it has been there a good long while. It started out as just a crawfish place. And then it kind of morphed into being a full-service, um, really good good food. And um, they started out buying our lettuce initially. But we, we lucked into Flora. Um, we When we started, when we decided we wanted to do this hydroponic thing, we thought, well, we need a little 10-acre piece of land with good utilities and no shade. You've got to have full sunlight. And you would think that wouldn't be that hard to find, but it, it turned into being quite a task. And be, both of us being real estate brokers, we thought, oh, this will be a piece of cake. And we looked and we looked and we looked. And there was always something that was prohibiting us using it for that purpose. So we drove. we kept driving by this piece of land where we are now, and Jamie said, that would just be the perfect thing, but I'm sure we couldn't afford that. That's just, you know, right here in the middle of Flora, and, you know, it's just, that's, that'd never work. But we were so desperate that he he went and looked up the ownership records of this piece of land that was had cows on it. And it turned out it's 16th section land, which mm-hmm. much of Flora is. The, downtown, the main street is 16th section wow, land, everything. Explain to our listeners who may not know what 16th section land means. It, the, every 16th section in the state, it belongs to the school board. And it's for all of the income from that section of land is to the benefit of the school board. And um, so you don't, you cannot own it, fee simple, like other real estate, you can only lease it. They have different types of leases. They have agricultural leases. They have commercial leases, residential leases. And like the, like I said, the downtown of Flora, all of those businesses are on 16th section. So it's it's nothing to be afraid of. Some people think, oh, I don't want to dump a bunch of money in, in a building and I don't own the land under it. But we have a 40-year lease on where we are. And then our neighbors, the um, Two Dog Farms, have they have a five-year ag lease. Um but but it's renewable and it it's never seems to be a problem with you know we were able to get financing with it and um, so anyway we lucked out in finding that and that the the family that had, had it in their um, under their in, leased under their family for over a hundred years that they were willing to let it go and um, so it, it's perfect it's visible it's easy location to get to and. So then we ha- we leased way more land than we needed. So two dog farms came along and they subleased from us. And then the Flora Butcher came along and he said, well, y'all are out here. I'm going to come out here. And then, you know, we, we ended up, it just has morphed from there. And it's just fun to see it happen. Now, you've brought some things to the studio. I don't want to overlook what's I in the bags here. And because I, and often, <clears throat> Carol, things that come into the studio during the show are edible. Yes, and that's the way we like it. Well, I I was trying to be creative on what would make somebody want to eat lettuce at uh-huh. at nine thirty in the morning. Um, so I made a little egg salad. To Java go. standing up in the control center. He's he's he. What 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 what? Well, the t- the top came off the Tupperware, so I had to see what was going no, on. Java, don't I have break to, your neck. I have to admit, I was trying to find the energy to make macaroni and cheese to wrap oh. up in some lettuce for you. <laughs> I didn't have all the ingredients at at home last night, so I had to resort to um, egg salad. But I've got a couple of different kinds of our lettuce leaves here. I've got some butter lettuce. Bib lettuce mm. is also known as. I've got a couple of our baby romaine leaves in there that um, y'all can try. The romaine is um, one that's been very popular for us, but it's on summer vacation right now. Um, it doesn't like the heat, so oh. it's taking a little break. But um, well, how much is the exterior heat 
of the uh, of the community or the place affect the internal uh, uh, you know temperature inside of the greenhouse it seems like the whole idea of having a greenhouse is to control the temperature well and that is true um we can control it in the winter a lot easier we can heat it easier than we can cool it in mississippi we do use shade cloth in the summer we do have a evaporative cooling wall which is a swamp cooler um, i like that wall (laughs) that's where everybody wants to be at the back yeah go stand by the swamp wall yes uh they use those in the poultry um, industry a lot that's a you know a cooling mechanism but it works best if it's not very humid outside so Mm. you know how well that's going to be here in (laughs) (laughs) mississippi um so today i'm uh Actually, my team is out there harvesting lettuce right now, and I'm very grateful I'm in this air-conditioned studio because I'm sure they're they're sweating it out. But um, Well, anyway, back to what you brought us to eat. I, I want to know about the recipe for the egg salad. Okay, so. well, I, I always like to make things weird. I had some fresh dill from um, Two Dog Farms, and... Uh, I put some Kalamata olives and some mm. capers in there because I, I like to kind of, of salt it up a little bit without regular salt. So, I mean, I'm not against regular salt either. But um, anyway, so I would be happy for y'all to to have a taste of that. And then Sort I of also, a Mediterranean egg salad. A little bit, yeah. Um, I also have um, a bag of our baby bok choy that I brought that I will not expect you to eat right now, but um, certainly y'all can try this. You know, I saw Leanne Galt grilled bok choy on one of her posts on cooking and coping. It Hmm. was, you know, it was a while back, but I I tried it and I want to try it again. I I over-grilled. Overcooked the bok choy. You're supposed to cook it medium rare. I like it halved lengthwise and and then just do a little sesame oil in a skillet and just and don't move it lay it down on the cut side and let it and just caramelize let it sit. and then flip it one time and then just do a little little soy and if you if you're have some fresh ginger laying around or so you, you know, do both sides i do both sides but i do it longer on the cut side is it like that concept of, of grilling uh the uh um uh, Caesar salad, mm-hmm. lettuce leaves. Is it that is. Same kind of this concept? can cook a little bit longer, but mm-hmm. I, romaine, honestly, this romaine. Yes, we do some grilled romaine. We have a couple of restaurants um, that we're buying our romaine for that purpose. It's mm-hmm. a really. It's, it's amazing how much grill flavor will actually get into the lettuce with just a minute on the grill. Well, um, if you have a bok choy recipe and you're listening to our show, feel free to call in and share it with us because we have some fresh baby bok choy. Baby right? bok choy. Lee, your your salads are are so beautiful. I mean, the lettuces are beautiful. They're packaged for retail in clamshells, and they still have the the, the, the root, the root, mm-hmm. yeah, the root because they're hydroponically grown. And mm. you know, I've known about hydroponics for a, a long, long time. And I think when we first started seeing hydroponics, people thought they were flavorless. I mean, I think that's way back in the early days. Well, and I this think is the organic, so tasty in soil, kind of. I mean, and I get that, and I and I'm I'm believe in you know organic living soils, but you really can make if you give it the right nutrients. It's um, it's very tasty, and it's very clean, and it's very fresh, and it and the reason the root is on there that's known as living lettuce or. This, in this case, living bok choy, but it it 
makes the shelf life incredible. I mean, one of our heads of lettuce will be just as beautiful three weeks later when you get home with it than when you bought it. And so it's it's getting to the store very quickly, and and then with the roots still attached, it's still alive. And, and, and can't you then plant the? We have. I, had, I have shopped for for fresh. Uh, vegetables in a store <clears throat> and they had the root and I'll go out and stick it in the yard. Green a lot onions of times it just are, grows yeah, again. They will. And and people tell us that they do that with our lettuce, which is just astounding to me because I wouldn't think the roots would still be viable after being in a cooler and I mean we cut off there there would be about probably six inches of root on that on a plant when we pull it from the channel where it's growing and we break it off to about an inch because you don't want all that in your salad. Right, but right. <laughs> But we saw big barrels of nutrients, nutrient water flowing through the system, so you're feeding so the plants we, constantly. We take our source water, which is what is Flora's water from the well they use, and we have that analyzed, and we test it at least annually, if not more. Um, then we have a our recipe for our nutrients that the lettuce wants. And when we used to grow tomatoes, we had a different recipe for tomatoes. They, you know, the, you tweak it with the potassium and the nitrogen and the calcium, depending on the, on the crop. But, um, so we we're always sending off water samples, making sure that everything's, cause you don't know what you're sometimes when you're buying your, your, uh, dissolvable nutrients, you don't know for sure that it's always what they say it is. I mean, it could right. be a little less or a little more than, um, on some of those minerals that come in, but um, so we keep a close eye on that. How often do you have to have the water? Is it like a swimming pool where you have to just constantly? We monitor? dump that. We have a, t- a big tank. Um, we dump the tank about once a week. It's a little more often in the summer when it's hot. Um, it the the pH will get a little out of whack, and you just have to you just have to stay on top of it. Mm-hmm. We have. Great manager, um, Ethan, who is he's on it, and Jamie, my husband, they're on. That's their their specialty is to keeping the water right. Well, I don't know about you, Carol, but my pH often gets out of whack. <laughs> mine, mine does too. I bet you have a gigantic water bill. That's a lot of lettuce. Um, you would be surprised. We have a very very affordable water bill. Now our heat, gas bill, and electric bill running the fans. That's a little out of control, but the the water is extremely, extremely sustainable. Because you're reusing? Yes, we're recirculating, so we're not just dumping out the water all the time. Another thing you can't do with a garden in the ground. Right. I mean, I could, but be harder. It would be harder, for sure. So you've got a a market date coming up. Explain what a market date is in... uh, uh, I believe the next one is scheduled for June 28th. Is that right? It is. Um, we normally do it every other week, and we decided to wait till June 28th um, just so we would be able to supply everybody for their 4th of July mm-hmm. holiday plans. Um, but normally it's every other week, and we post our market offerings on Monday afternoons and on our, on our website. Uh, 3 o'clock, you can go to saladdaysproduce.com, and you can – See what we have that week. We try to keep it interesting and different, of course, trying to keep it's whatever's in season. But then we change up our salad dressings and breads and, you know, other items that we bring in from other vendors. Um, but, you know, as the seasons change, you'll see different different things coming in and you just order online and then you drive through on Friday afternoon or Saturday morning and pick it up. We'll bring it right to your car for you. What is the order deadline 
Um, we open it at three o'clock on Mondays and sometimes we're sold out by Wednesday night. We, we mm-hmm. shut it off for sure by Thursday morning, but I would recommend getting your order in by Wednesday evening. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, talk a little bit about the bundling part of this, where, where people can come out. They don't just get your lettuce when they come out and right. buy a food bundle. We do. Um, we always have a farm bundle, which will be a, a about five to seven items, depending on what they are, um, that we bring in. It, it'll always have lettuce, I can assure you <laughs> of that. But uh, we bring in, you know, last time we had okra, squash, cucumbers, uh, blueberries, mm-hmm. and we just, we whatever's in season, we make a bundle. And the bundle's usually a little bit better priced than if you buy the individual items, but we do offer individual items as well. And sometimes there will be things in the bundle that are not available as an add-on because we don't have enough of them. And so we, we like to, the bundle to get it if, it if there's just a few. But we had some the first cherry tomatoes of the season this last time, and we didn't have enough to, to sell them to everybody. So we put those in the bundle and first come, first serve on that. And, so and you, you grow the, still grow some cherry tomatoes? We don't. We were getting those from our friends at Covey Rise Farms down. Okay, just, in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they buy a lot of our lettuce down there and take it into the New Orleans market, so we buy from them as well. Speaking of Covey it used to be Ann and Sandy Sharp, and, Sandy and they, Sharp. they have sold out to some of the guys that were working with okay, them down good. there, but um, they have moved on to cooler climates. I think they're up on the, in North Carolina now. But. Can't blame them. Mm-mm. They want to pay that electricity and heat and gas bill. Right. Yeah, and one of the things I love about your bundles is you do collaborate and support other growers and other businesses. And, you know, one of, one of my favorites, I think, uh, you've had products from Bless This Food. I particularly liked their bread. And they have a storefront in Florida. They do have a storefront. It's in the shopping center on Highway 49 in the, in the strip mall down there. And they have great stuff, casseroles, baked goods. They are, they're doing a little fit and healthy line now, little individual meals. So they're branching out. And who knew that Railroad Pizza could make Fabulous pimento cheese and salad dressing. Have you had their ranch salad dressing? Yes, I have. It is, you could rub it in your hair. It's so good. (laughs) (laughs) It is, it's, she calls it liquid gold. So Uh, I bought some of it before at the Flora Butcher, but do they sell it at at the Railroad Pizza also? Actually, as of last week, they have put in a little grab-and-go cooler in the front of Railroad, and they're right. they're selling our lettuce, and they're selling pimento right. cheese and chicken salad and dressing and all kinds of things to take away. And then I have to mention the Blue Rooster. And, you know, for people who are big Blue Rooster fans, you know, it has moved from its original location, which is now Dave's Triple B, but it They're is just around the corner. Yeah, the literally named. I, I know a few years ago when I was working on a story uh, for Delta Magazine, one of the top hamburgers in hard the to state. Beat, hard to beat because a rooster you burger. build your own. Right. They have some, you know, ones that have all the extras on them already, the specialty burgers. But then most of the time, we just get a burger sheet and. Sometimes I feel like pimento cheese on my burger. Or yeah. <laughs> yeah. They literally give you a burger sheet, and you build your own burger uh-huh. no, no matter how wacky it is. Uh-huh. Like, and I, and we really love the burger and salad. And they can get expensive when you add. Yeah. It's, it's, like a taco salad? It's, um, it's just a hamburger on a 
on our bib lettuce and tomatoes, and it's it's really good if you don't if you're trying to not eat the buns, which. <laughs> or not eat the buns there because they're mighty fine. They make their own buns, or do they get them from the baker? They, they get them from they're a jalapeno cheddar bun. I think yeah. that they order somewhere. But the Blesses Food makes those too. They're oh, really, really? They're really good. Malcolm, we need to head back. Got to go back to Florida. Back to Florida. I know, I know. We've barely gotten more. home, and now it's late. time There's to go more. again. <laughs> one of one of my favorite things before before we go, we did not get to have um, are the the greens at. Um, Dave's Triple B. Mm -hmm. They are some of the best I've ever had. And And different. What is it? Is it? It's kind of almost like a sweet. um, He he told he told us something. Uh, Vinegar, sugar, and he mixes turnips with I think collards, collards, not mustards. From two dogs. Yeah, it has from two dog farms, and they're not cooked down to just mush. Mm -hmm. They're they have some, and of course there's some wagyu. Meat product, gotta be, and some gotta sausage be. and garlic. But you know, s- restaurants don't much anymore tear down. Co- I mean, making greens is a labor of it love. Is. Washing it is. and tearing down those greens. It is, uh, and and it's a real treat. Mm-hmm. When we need to go back, they sub- substituted lima beans. The lima beans were outstanding. They were very good. They were very good. Well, it's time to go. So, Lee, thank you so much for coming. Once Thanks again, for having me. tell our listeners how they can uh, visit Salad Days via the Internet unless they want to drive to Florida. Um, yes, you can find our products in many stores around town, um, and you can go to our website, saladdaysproduce.com, and there's a list of uh, lo- retail locations. And so we'd love to see you with some salad days on your plate. Well, thanks for coming. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting's Think Radio. We are funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you. Thanks. Our show is produced by Java Chapman. For my co-host, Carol Puckett, and for special guest, Lee Bailey, I'm Malcolm White. Please stay tuned now for Marsha Ramsey's show, Now You're Talking, followed at 11 by Southern Remedy, and we'll see you next Monday right here for more Deep South Dining, heard only on MPB Think Radio.